Hey, and welcome to Game Therapy. I'm your host, Chris. We are missing my sister, Steph, today. I unfortunately came down with a little cold over Christmas, and I'm taking a while to get over it, so we're just playing it safe and keeping her away from whatever it is I've got. We will bravely carry on without her for today, and I've got a really good subject lined up for you today. We're going to be talking about hidden gems on Xbox Game Pass. Now, you've heard me talk about this before on the podcast. You know that it's one of my very favorite deals in gaming. And if you know me, you know that I am always a sucker for a good deal. So Game Pass debuted about a year and a half ago. It's Microsoft's service exclusively for Game Pass and PC. It's sort of the Netflix for games. If you are a moderate gamer, I think this is an absolute steal. It's $15 a month. It comes with a veritable smorgasbord of games from AAA titles like the entire Halo library, the entire Gears of War catalog. They've got Skyrim and the other Elder Scrolls and the Fallout games, thanks to their recent acquisition of Bethesda. They've got the Forza games that are Microsoft published. All Microsoft-published games seemingly come day and date. So the day that the game comes out for purchase, it comes out for free to subscribers to play around with. And Microsoft so far hasn't taken anything down that they publish. So it seems like a pretty good bet that you'll have Halo for all time. And if you're a huge Halo fanatic like myself, that's almost worth the price of admission in itself. Wish I hadn't bought the Master Chief Collection as soon as I bought an Xbox. (laughs) Oh well. In addition to all these great AAA games, though, uh, if you dig around a little bit deeper, those willing to jump off the beaten path a little bit, you'll find a ton of smaller hidden gems in there. And for me, for the last year and a half, this has been a huge boon to my gaming habits, to my discovery of really wonderful titles that I probably wouldn't have given a fair shake. You know, I mean, these are games that usually go for 10 or $15. Uh, you'll recognize a lot of them from the Switch. Uh, these are multi-platform games, but uh, they are free to Game Pass subscribers. And for me, free means I'm willing to just click install, give it a go, and uh, see if it grabs me. And more often than not, I have to say, these games are really well curated because more often than not, I find myself really enjoying some of the smaller games that I really might not have played without Game Pass. So today I'm going to take you through some of those. I've organized them into broad categories such as Metroidvanias, Puzzlers, and I'll save my absolute favorite and top recommendation for the last. Let's jump in. Welcome to Game Therapy, a podcast on gaming and mental health. So my first broad category I'd like to discuss kind of goes along with the games Steph and I were talking about, good games for playing at the holidays, games that are fun to play with family and friends, 
or games that are just fun for one person to play and a partner to watch and just get a good chuckle out of. They might not have the same legs to them as something like a Skyrim or a Halo. It might not be a game you want to play for 100 hours, but they're really good in 20 and 30 minute bursts. And the first of these that I'd like to talk about is Gang Beasts, a game that was really big for streaming a while ago. And uh, you'll see immediately why if you watch any videos of it. It's very compelling in short bursts, especially if you have four people and four controllers to pass around the room. We played it, uh, myself and Steph and our cousins, and oh my goodness, it is Wiggly Mayhem at its finest. You each choose a character. It's sort of a fighting game in the style of Power Gem or any of the classic old uh, Battle Royale games. But the twist here is that you are really in very limited control of your character at any time. You can control his arms, and you can control his movement around the map, but uh, you're really just trying to grab someone and throw them off of either a skyscraper or into a pit of lava or the like. It's very funny. It's very frenetic. It is very good for competitive players because it is not competitive at all. The winning is completely dependent on who is bashing themselves into the other person more. So I find that game very fun, and Steph and I have had a blast with it. In that same vein is a game called Human Fall Flat. And this is the exact same premise. This is the same wiggle monster idea except instead of playing against one another you are playing cooperatively trying to progress through these levels and manipulate the world with your very limited skill set it's very fun it's a good uh, co-op experience and you can play that online or on the couch together i really enjoyed human fall flat and in the same sort of very silly vein. There are two other games, uh, one called Goat Simulator, which has a pretty storied history. It's been around for a while. You've probably seen this one on YouTube as well, but uh, what more can I say? You are a goat, and you are running around a world, and the title is very accurate. Uh, It's really not too much to it. It's sort of set up like a Tony Hawk in that you get to a map and you'll have these objectives you need to fill out. They're fun. They are maybe a little too challenging for the ability that you have to control your goat, but you'll end up doing some fun things. You'll mostly smash your head into cars, and uh, for 20 or 30 minutes, it's really a blast. I don't think it has the legs of, say, Tony Hawk or something like this, but it's incredibly silly. And on the same level of unbridled silliness as that, there is another game called Untitled Goose Game, which I applaud the developers for sticking with such a silly name. The game is as silly as its title. You play a very angry goose who behaves exactly how I would expect a goose to behave in real life. You are a mischief maker, an agent of mayhem, going around just torturing first a gardener and then a group of townspeople as you go about doing these very silly tasks. You're either messing with a radio or soaking someone down with a hose unexpectedly or just biting people in the bum and being quite a jerk about it the whole time, as a goose would do. 
it is wildly fun to play a round of that game with a room of people watching and cheering and suggesting what terrible, horrible thing the goose should do next. Finally, a game that never fails to impress a room full of people. I really can't recommend Super Hot enough. Super Hot is a very different take on an FPS puzzler. So if you love the Portal series, I think you will really find a lot to like in Super Hot. And the challenges are all broken down into these little 20-second clips, but uh, they can take a while to figure out, and it really plays well in a group of people. People really get a kick out of watching someone play Super Hot. It's also available in VR, and I've watched Seth play that in VR. I can't stomach it. It's a little too frenetic for me. It gets me a little sick, but uh, she does well in it. It's a very cool VR game to show off the tech, I think. All right, moving right along to one of my favorite genres of all time, the Metroidvania. Game Pass is no slouch in terms of Metroidvanias. They have plenty to offer. They have Metroidvanias that have roguelike element to them, like Dead Cells. They have classic Metroidvanias, like uh, Ori in the Blind Forest, and uh, the best Metroidvania of all time, according to Chris. So we'll get to that, but uh, we'll start off with Dead Cells, which I mentioned. Dead Cells is maybe not a classic Metroidvania. There's no uh, ability gating in it like you would find in a Metroid or Castlevania. kind of defines the genre. An ability gate is when you have a large environment and plenty of doors, but you find doors that you can't go through until you've unlocked a new ability. And that's sort of a hallmark of the genre. Dead Cells takes that and turns it on its head. It's sort of a deconstruction of the genre, really, because they take the main component of it, the fast, frenetic 2D action, and they've set that to a roguelike with randomized levels. And your main objective is to survive all the way to the final boss and beyond. All right, second on my list of great Metroidvanias is Carrion. And Carrion is maybe not the best game on the list, but I will say it is one of the most unique. It takes the core conceit of a Metroidvania and applies that to you as the undisputed villain of the game. You are a giant tentacle monster. And the movement is so different from anything I've ever experienced. The movement feels very natural to a monster. It feels very good. You are incredibly powerful. You go around devouring all these poor scientists in the laboratory where you were created and finding your way through this beautifully constructed world. I cannot recommend Carrion enough. As a great little eight-hour experience, it does something that I have never seen done in a game before, making you the final boss in a game and having you run through the entire thing, just rip-roaring, tearing off heads, having a good old time. It wears its influences on its sleeve, mainly I would say the movie The Thing from the 80s, John Carpenter's version, and it does it really well. It's moody, it's atmospheric, it's fun, it's campy, it's great. Give Carrion a try. Next up, I want to recommend two games by Microsoft Studios. These are the Ori series, 
Ori and the Blind Forest, followed by Ori and the Will of the Wisp. Both games are beautiful. They continue the same story of a little wood sprite named Ori, your protagonist that you play as, as he navigates through this beautifully constructed forest environment. It's a celebration of a very natural world. It feels it feels at times sort of like Mario filtered through Studio Ghibli's aesthetics. It's got a really fantastic story for such a seemingly simple 2D game, which I can't say the same about all Metroidvanias. Although I can say the same about our next Metroidvania, which is really the undisputed king of Game Pass as far as I'm concerned, and certainly the king of Metroidvanias in the modern sense. While the classic for me will always be Castlevania Symphony of the Night, Hollow Knight takes a very, very close second. It refines everything that's beautiful about the genre, brings it to the present day by mixing it with some elements that you would recognize if you're a fan of Dead Souls, and it grafts all of this onto a compelling and mysterious story in a world that's just full of atmosphere. It maybe borrows its aesthetic sensibilities from Tim Burton films. I think a lot of people on first seeing it will see a lot of Tim Burton influences on it, and that's fair. But the game definitely has its very own personality, and I have really never played a game that absorbed me as much as Hollow Knight did. It makes each boss battle a puzzle in your trying to figure out what attributes you want to bring into this battle. It's very customizable, the combat. The movement is fluid and graceful and excellent, and I just cannot wait for the sequel we're going to get to this game. If you haven't tried it, and you're looking for something new to play, I recommend you make a beeline, get it, for Hollow Knight. You probably don't get the beeline joke just because you maybe haven't played it yet, so the beeline joke is Hollow Knight is set amongst a bunch of bugs. You're a bug fighting other bugs, saving other bugs. Beeline. All right, and that wraps up our Metroidvania games. Again, we talked about Hollow Knight, Carrion, the Ori series, and Dead Cells there. Alright, now the last broad category that I've written down here, I call it just chill games. These are games that are exactly like it says on the tin. You can just sit down with, have a little relaxing session, come out feeling calmer than you did when you sat down, which you can't say for all games. I know when I get up from a session of Halo Infinity these days, I am pretty jacked up, pretty juiced up having just uh, gotten all those double kills. Anyway, these are the opposite of that. These are games that are just going to be calm and fun and relaxing. And the first of these I would recommend, I recommend XO1. It's a game that I would normally skip over, uh, but I liked the screenshots in the store page, so I gave it a try, and I'm glad I did. It's a fun twist on the marble game genre, where you play this sort of amorphous spacecraft as you roll through these different beautiful environments. I really liked the aesthetic. I liked the space traveling idea, 
but taken in a very different direction than we'd normally associate with the genre. It's just got an excellent chill atmosphere, really relaxing gameplay. It's very short. It's a couple hours, and I can't recommend it enough. That's X01. And then I'd recommend two great puzzlers that are on the Game Pass service. The first of which is really my absolute favorite puzzler of all time. It's called Luminez. It came out originally on the PSP, and it's just a brilliant take on Tetris or any block-dropping clone of (laughs) Tetris. Uh, You manipulate these four colored blocks. Uh, You twist it and turn it and try to match either of these two colors up. It sounds incredibly simple, very easy to learn, tough to master, and the real hook of the game is the music that accompanies it. You play to these beautifully curated tracks, each of which is very unique, each of which gives a totally different vibe to the game. You play through each one, usually to the conclusion of the song. It's about two or three minutes apiece. And you just find yourself wanting to play one more song, wanting to play one more jam. And a run of Luminous will take anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour, usually depending on your skill level. And uh, I often find myself sinking that much time into one run on the go. While I preferred it, Portably, I really liked it on the PSP, and it is available on the Switch, where I've also bought it. Uh, it plays very well on the Xbox. I just, I think personally, a puzzler like that is just excellent to have in the palm of your hand while you're maybe watching something on the TV or traveling. It's great on the airplanes. It's a great game altogether. If you have not tried it, treat yourself. Play some Luminez. And similarly, Tetris Effect is maybe the best version of Tetris yet, which I'm sure is a platitude you have heard many a time. But Tetris Effect takes the classic game of Tetris and really plays with the elements that are so addictive and wonderful about Tetris and just emphasizes those. So Tetris has always been about a trance-like zone the player enters. I don't think any version before has emphasized this as well. The music and controls conspire to evoke an almost psychedelic experience, one you won't want to put down. I really recommend Tetris Effect. Now, continuing on with our chill games, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Myst, even though it's maybe not a hidden gem. Everyone has heard of Myst at this point, but it's really well presented on the xbox the visuals are gorgeous just as they were back in 92 or whatever that game came out it's a fun game it's a great puzzler it's a very relaxed game and uh one i recommend uh one game that i played recently and enjoyed thoroughly is called the artful escape and i think i mentioned this with steph the other day it has a great cast in it it's got carl weathers mark strong and others and it tells a fun little buildings Roman story, a coming-of-age tale of a young wayward musician who's trying to find out exactly what his style is, what his personality is. He's been following in the footsteps of his famous uncle for a while when he's abducted and taken on an intergalactic journey, one that I think you'll really enjoy. The game is colorful, 
wonderful. The music is fun. The gameplay itself is pretty simplistic. It's not going to demand too much from you. But the story it tells is at times touching, at times funny, and always sincere in a way that I think we don't always get in games. So I really recommend The Artful Escape. And my final hidden gem in the chill category, I don't know how accurate this is. I don't think Hypnospace Outlaw can really be categorized. I mean, listen to that title, Hypnospace Outlaw. It's beautiful. Uh, It's a mystery puzzle game wrapped up in a stunning love letter to the early 90s uh, internet. Uh, If you were around at that time and you navigated through the brave new frontier that was the World Wide Web, you'll feel strangely at home in these mock-up pages of the internet. You are a sort of a policeman in a alternate reality version of that early internet, one that is experienced in people's brains, but uh, with pages that are just as low-res as you remember, with... uh, really good art, an interesting story, and really just, there's nothing like Hypnospace Outlaw. I recommend giving it a spin. If it grabs you, that's great. If it doesn't, you were probably born after 1986. All right, and finally, I promised you my top recommendation from Game Pass, and really my favorite game of the last several years. It's a beautiful card game. It is Monster Train. I've talked about this with Steph. I think it is my most played game on Game Pass. I cannot get enough of this game. And I hope that you will try it. Tell me what you think about it. Because it's unlike anything I've ever played before. So if you're a fan of Magic the Gathering, the collectible card game, or uh, Slay the Spire, the roguelike card game, card battler, or Hearthstone, you will feel right at home when you boot up Monster Train. Yet, it really does something smart with the genre. It introduces a new conceit that just works so well in the context of the game. So it combines the card battler that you're familiar with with a tower defense game. And that sounds like a mess, but it plays like an absolute dream. And your first couple rounds, you're going to be getting your bearings and you may lose. It is a roguelike. Uh, But afterwards, you're going to find some synergies with these cards that are just going to absolutely pound your opponents to dust. And that feels fantastic. The game is built really smartly. Each time you win, you unlock a new covenant, which adds a new layer of complexity to the game. And each covenant you unlock, you are really making your run harder which is incredible because the more runs you win, the more covenants you unlock, the better you're getting at this game. And I have run this sucker all the way up to the top of the covenant, covenant 25. I will say at the top level, even having played this game for dozens of hours, I still find myself about 50-50 whether I can beat the final boss. It is a beautifully frustrating game. I love Monster Train top of my list play this game if you've got xbox game pass it's also available on the switch and steam it's beautiful 
All right, well, that's about all the games I have to recommend as hidden gems on Game Pass. I hope uh, if any of these helped you, you reach out and let us know. And if you know of any that you really think we missed or glossed over, let us know that too. Uh, let me run through those games again real quick. So today we talked about chill games such as X01 Luminez, Tetris Effect, Mist, Hypnospace Outlaw, and The Artful Escape. We talked about a few games to jump into quickly, especially with a group of friends around. These could be broadly categorized as party games. Those games were Gang Beasts, Human Fall Flat, Super Hot, Goat Simulator, and Untitled Goose Game. Finally, we talked about Metroidvania games, such as Dead Cells, Carrion, Hollow Knight, and the Ori series. And of course... We talked about my favorite game on Xbox Game Pass or on any platform, and that is Monster Train. Thank you. I hope this helped. I don't know how Steph does our little outro. I think it goes like this. You can find us on Twitter at Game Therapy Life, or you can find us on the web at GameTherapy.life. Or you can find us just by closing your eyes, connecting to the hypnospace, and logging in to... I don't know, www.gametherapy.life. Thanks for listening, everybody. Next week, Steph will be back. I promise it will be a much better episode for it.